Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the two-man game right here on Klabes Online. I'm Bob Ramsey. That is Matt Rocchio. We're glad you're with us. And you know, Rock, um, just when we think we're done talking college basketball, um, we get more stories. And um, the nation's best point guard relative to assists is uh, is Yuri Collins. And um, he has... Uh, made a move and is leaving St. Louis University through the transfer portal and going to Tennessee. And um, quite a shocker both to the Billiken staff, teammates, and certainly to the fan base of Billiken Nation. Yeah, definitely a big shocker. And, and there was, you know, there were some clarifying points uh, that have kind of been reported uh, around the St. Louis media. Some things that were that were said earlier this morning by Frank Cusimano, who you obviously work with over at uh, 590, obviously good, good fan, a friend of both of us. He he um, said that he talked to Kim English uh, about a week ago, and he said, you know, Frank, it's you know, this is what's happening. And, you know, he obviously at the time, Yuri Collins' name was not in the transfer portal. So he expressed some surprise at that notion. And obviously it ended up being true. And the, one of the comments that the coach made, which he, again, Frank then re later revealed was Kim English, uh, is that it had been in the works for about a month. And that, again, added kind of another level of shock to this kind of you know, fall out over the last 24 hours. So when you look at it from that point, and, and you know, I was very active in the discussion yesterday. And, you know, when you, I, you know, I was trying to come at it from a very just like, the, these are the facts we have now. Um, there was a, there was a, a tweet out there, um, a quote from the agent that's working with Yuri uh, about him, him needing to, face a consistently higher level of competition per the advice from the NBA scouts. And if that's what the NBA is telling you, it seems reasonable to, to listen to what they're saying. If that's what your goal is, but 24 hours later, some more things come out. We get a little bit more clear of a timeline, even though it is still relatively murky. And then there were also the reporting of the $200,000 in NIL money that Randy Carricker over at 101 ESPN put out, um, it just, it, it kind of muddied the waters on, on what to think and what it, what my takeaway was with this whole story. And I don't, I don't want to get any, into this whole giant, you know, is the NIL bad for, for college basketball? It's just, it just seems like this is just a bad situation for St. Louis. Well, there are a number of issues there. One, um, it's a death blow. Yeah. You can't play b basketball on the schoolyard, much less the NCAA trying to win a trying to win a league without a point guard. Yeah, you got to have a difficult. point guard, and unless twenty-year-old um, Magic Johnson is going to come play, you're not going to have as good a point guard as you had. I mean, tell me if that's wrong. No, I mean that's that's yeah, that's just that's simple logic. It's, it's you're not going to be able to replace the leading assist man in the entire NCAA. So that's one thing. The other thing is I can tell you what I believe. And that's a lot different from what I can prove, but we're not in court. Tennessee had been making overtures to Yuri all, all season long. Mm -hmm. um, and he sat out the NIT game, the loss to Northern Iowa. Um, that whole day, something hinky was going on. And, um, only thing I can tell you is it was very strange. Um, 
these are my opinions and they only represent me. Uh, Travis Ford, when I saw him early in the day that day, acted angry, not upset and disappointed that his key player was hurt, but angry at something. Mm -hmm. Okay. After the game, I personally spoke to, had a 30 second conversation with Collins. Hey, how you doing? And he said, quote, I'm fine. Now, that might have meant emotionally moving forward. Hey, injuries won't stop me. I'm good. To... But it also could mean I'm not hurt. That would be possible, right? Yeah. We can't say that's not possible. Um, and so so that all those things that happened were just, as I said, not a scientific word, but hinky. And uh, But that's what it is. Before we go any further, let me say this, to borrow a line from The Godfather. It's not personal, Sonny. It's strictly business. This is all just business. Yeah. Not mad at anybody for anything. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the nature of college business now. Um, so, uh, so Rick Barnes in Tennessee offers a big bunch of cash. You take it. You move on. These are facts, and that, that's where we go from here. But uh, St. Louis University now is – the athletic program is – the basketball program is really behind the eight ball because you need two point guards and two bigs. Yeah, and, and, and you, know, there's, you know, there's a lot of players in the transfer portal, so, you know, the, the, the way that, you know, you can maybe come out, you know, not better, but at least come out, you know, above water uh, – you know, because of how many players, 1,400 that are still in the portal, maybe there's there's guys out there. But like you said, you're going to come out at least in four or five different aspects of the game not as good as you were, you know, 48 hours ago. And, and that's, Let me tell you that's, this. Let me tell you this. Tough to deal people, with. People in the know last before Javante Perkins got hurt felt adamantly, strongly that St. Louis U was a sweet 16 team. I think with Perkins coming back, assuming reasonable health, that this was also an opportunity to be a Sweet 16 team. How you get the roster back to that level will be interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's and, and, and everything we've said has, has been talking about how, despite the fact that we're so positive on so many different as, aspects of this team, the one thing that, you know, we're, they, that there isn't really here on the roster is kind of that secondary ball handler. And – you know, we maybe thought something would be there with Jordan Nesbitt. Obviously, he earlier today committed to Hampton. Um, so, obviously, that's that that's not going to happen. So, yeah, that that's just – there's a huge hole in the roster. Um, maybe somebody like Rashad Williams gets another chance. You know, when he's got – when there's potentially more minutes on the table and it's a scheme you know. Uh, something like that, potentially, maybe that comes back around. But the bottom line is you need somebody to run the offense for 25 – plus minutes per game and yeah. those guys aren't you know that's not a dime a dozen in the game of basketball you think it is you think it's the simplest thing in the damn world until the guy who can't do it just slightly below average and he's getting his pot he's getting his you know he's getting his you know pot you know picked every every time he brings the ball up the court i remember you know not not to not to pile on but there was a there was a guard at mizzou 
Um, and they were like, yeah, he's, he's six seven, but he's going to be a point guard. And I was like, well, this is going to be awesome if it works. And then the first couple of times you saw him bring up the ball past half court, guard, point guards were jumping him. And he was turning the ball over left and right. And they're like, okay, he's, he's, a, he's a wing. That, that's, that's the slight little difference in the game. You know, you, you can't – those guys just aren't – they don't grow on trees. No, and I would say tell Kellen Thanes, work on your handle. Yeah, exactly. Man, there's nothing I love more than a guy who can both be the guy who starts the pick and roll and sets the pick in the pick and roll. That's my favorite. That's my favorite he thing finishes. in basketball. That's my favorite thing in basketball. Is if you're, he's like, oh, he's a good finisher in the pick and roll. He can shoot a little bit out of the the pick and pop. I'm like, okay. And every once in a while, we'll throw him a screen and he can run the pick and roll. All right, I'm sold. Let's let's do this. What I what's like this guy guy. do? What's this guy? Well, how, how tall is he? What does he weigh? What does he run? How much I have to pay him? Let's go. Um, so there, there's still a lot of positivity, but it just, I mean, it takes the wind, it takes the wind out of your sails. That's the bottom yeah, line. It, it really does. This is a side note, a little more philosophically. Are we going to turn our, uh, our criticisms that we've been used to for decades um, of, you know, criticizing a coach, you know, not a great recruiter, got to get players and all that sort of thing. When we know now, as of right now, it's all about money. And if the money's not there for them to unofficially, but in reality have access to for players, can we hold them to that standard? And conversely, if Rick Barnes doesn't win the national championship, should he be fired? He's got all the money in the world, right? Well, I mean, that's that's been the case at you know some of the some of the blue bloods for a while now. So that's true. That's that's been the case for a while now. I actually well, think even it is, more so because now you say now it's it's quantifiable. Well, I mean, to that point, I, I I just think you have to be you know especially people like us, you have to just be kind of responsible in your criticism, which is to say, credit to to St. Louis University for starting the Billiken Exchange program, for starting that Billiken Exchange thing earlier today. To that announcement, obviously they didn't start it today. They've been in the works. But it is unfortunately some very bad timing and press to have to lose a, a player because of NIL and then the very next day have your announcement that we have this program that's going to help with NIL. Again, I don't want to take anything away from them. I'm not trying to – you know, I'm not, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer and say, well, you, well, you should have come out with it a week ago. That's not how these things work. That's unrealistic to expect this coming down the pipe. But the fact of the matter is you have to – now as universities or, you know, now you have to look at a university and say, are they giving, or is there an infrastructure for them to compete as a whole? And, you know, I think for a while it wasn't fair. You know, people, you know, you could dog on LSU basketball. Well, then go to, go to LSU and, you know, before like 2012 and look at the, look at the state of you know, the facilities between football and basketball and tell me that LSU basketball should have been competing at a higher level in the SEC. It would have been a ridiculous expectation no matter who the coach was because the facilities weren't up to, uh, weren't up to snuff. And, and I think that's something that people who, you know, it's hard to see that from the outside looking in, but I think now with NIL, it's going to cast a bigger light on administrations as a whole. Listen, Mizzou made a move for Desiree Reed Francois, somebody who clearly had a plan, in, at least the way they portrayed it, who had a plan with these kind of NIL deals and having a you know this this pioneering way of of entering this new market, and that was something they talked about from the get go because it's not just the coach, it's the entire institution, and I think a more visible way than it ever has been. Here's the, here's another um, as existential question for you, and that is, you talk about and this is going on for 
50 years, 75 years, uh, keeping up with the Joneses, bigger, better locker rooms, the Bob O'Loughlin um, Sports Center, uh, $25 million deal that was announced this past fall. And I'm not trying to, that's awesome. But now with what we're seeing transpiring with NIL, does it matter? If you've got a nicer locker room than me, but I can offer a five-star a hundred more thousand dollars a year than you can, what does he care? I mean, it matters at the very top and it matters if, and, and again, it matters. The top if, of what? If, 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 with the very top prospects. Not if I if I'm offering more money, but you got a nicer locker room, he's going to take the locker room. No, I'm saying the the money the money is going to sway the guys who are going to be getting offers of money no matter what. But the, I and here's the, I don't think it's terrible to say that the the backbone of SLU is still going to be developing prospects. And yeah, every once in a while, a guy's going to jump up and 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 be incredible. And you know. He's, he might transfer to a bigger school to try to take that next jump. That's unfortunate. You want to have you want to have these guys completely in your program, but that's the way the world – that's the kind of the new way it is, and I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I guess there, there's – you know. You, I would suggest it's also not the best thing. No, it's no, it's certainly not the best thing. Obviously, you want these people to stay for a long – but then again, guys staying for three years like they have to in football would probably be a better thing for college basketball – just the way that the, the, that fandom works and the way that people's interest works. If, they, if you constantly had the same guy staying for three years, first of all, we'd get some just unbelievably ridiculously talented basketball players when they were 19, 20 years old. It'd be, it'd be crazy. Um, but that'd be a lot better. But I, I just, you know, the, 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 the landscape has changed, but it's going to only change in these very extreme circumstances with the top prospects and – guys who are in their third year who have an extra year because of a crazy thing like COVID and they were an NCAA leader or, or something along those lines. And so it's going to change on the, on the top margins and that's when it's going to hit the hardest. That, that's, that's why this, that's why this story is, is, you know, hit the way it did yesterday. And we're talking about it the way we are today because he's Yuri Collins is so incredibly talented. You have to replace that, but this isn't going to be something that I think affects every team every year. And, I hope you're right, but I'm going to take the counter. And I think that the days of building programs are over. And I think it's going to be like AAU. Let's Hey, let's put Ooh. a team together this year God. and go for it. And I think that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, that would suck. But, I mean, with 1,400 players in the transfer portal at, at one time, it's kind of hard for me to tell you. You're, I mean, it's hard for me to disagree with that being an extreme possibility or without – I'm sure there's some people out there who would say that I'm being naive and that's already what it is. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to argue with that being a possibility. COVID, I just, it's funny. I think, I think again, I think, yeah, yeah. I think, and I, I wonder has, how much has COVID exacerbated the problem with there being not enough minutes and too many players and therefore people's availability to jump ship and things like that. How much has that changed it? How much will the transfer portal look differently in, you know, spring of 2025 than it does now in 2022? Yeah. And you, and again, it's business, not personal. Uh, you can't blame a kid. Um, let's keep it close. Mark I Strickland, unbelievable physical talent. When he got in games, a little shaky, but he would probably say, well, I needed more minutes to get comfortable. Reasonable point. He's going to go play and be a very good player. Uh, you can't blame 
the 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th, 13th guy on the roster to want to go and play more. You can't blame them at all. No. And by the way, there are those four spots on every team in the country. Which is, I mean, that's that's why it's kind of crazy. You know, that's that's why it's always interesting to see, you know, what the transfer actually is, you know. Yeah. A guy like Jordan Nesbitt, who reasonably was going to see his minutes go from, you know, what was it, 25 per game, probably down to about 15 or 17 per game. And, you know, he goes to a place like Hampton, where obviously compared to, you know, Memphis where he started or, or even St. Louis, it doesn't isn't at the same level of talent, but he's going to get a lot more minutes. He's going to get more opportunity. And and, and so, and, and you know, and then there's obviously Yuri Collins, who at the very top of his game just gets to jump to a, to a more prestigious conference. And, because of you know Tennessee losing their point guard to the draft, he's probably still going to be looking at twenty eight, maybe thirty minutes per game, and and so there's two it's two different ends of the spectrum, and yeah. and, and in both ways you can see why the guy made that decision. I think if you if you're not being biased or overly emotional, oh, which again, if you're a fan, that's completely fair. That's that's why you're a fan. No, but again, it's business. Yeah, he made a business business decision. No, no qualms about it, but. Being a mid-major guy and a mid-major chip on my shoulder already, that chip got turned into a huge log now because it's just going to be, like I say, I just I just don't believe you can build a program anymore. Is it is it, okay, is it fair then to, you know, it's not, it's not business, let's not, you know, let's take it from the decision part because some of the reporting has been that there was, you know, some poor communication between Yuri Collins and the St. Louis staff. Is it fair to criticize a 20-year-old for having poor decision, having no. poor communication? no. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Is I just don't think it's reasonable. That's that's because that's where some of this is going to be. Is like, well, the, the communication should have been better between the staff and Yuri. Well, it's it's a twenty twenty one year old kid trying to make a decision for two hundred grand, and like I, I can understand maybe that he was, you know, who who hasn't made, had a situation where they didn't want to tell anybody a, a, a crappy decision they had to make. You know, I don't think yeah. that I think I don't think that's even fair. And some people are going to you know hate that response, but I think I think even getting into that minutia of of the decision-making is a little unfair to the kids. And how many millionaires or billionaires are going to get burned by some kid who takes the money and screws up somehow? Yeah. Over, I mean, over, over the college oh, landscape. Yeah. Oh, gonna yeah. Happen. It's going to happen yeah. all the time. And, yep. and you know what? That's, that's, that's what you're signning up into. And you should understand that. They're 20, 20 year old kids. You, yeah. You should, they, those people also need to understand they're 20 year old kids and, and, and you need to treat them like, and some people are going to say the 20 year old, they're 20 year olds. They're not kids anymore. Let's be reasonable. Mm. <laughs> I remember when I was twenty. I would tell you this: if you call me if you call me a kid right now, Rammer, I won't disagree with you. Girls are more mature than than guys at that level. I think don't guys' brains are still forming until how old are you? I'm thirty. <laughs> twenty. Okay, maybe yours is close to being done. Close. Close. <laughs> We're hoping. Hey, let's switch to the league, which is where all these kids want to go anyway. Look at that. The Prince of Blends. There it is. There it well, is. The kids want to go there anyway. All right. Oh, that's a Poole, great blend there by Rammer. Cool Thompson and Curry. Get the F out of here. But it's, what am I watching? It's unbelievable. It's 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 ridiculous. And and that's that's the surface thing that's just so much damn fun to watch. But the thing I couldn't stop watching is um, Draymond Green putting on the un the most 
unbelievable clinic ever defensively in a very specific category. The clinic was very specifically how to play incredible defense while barely ever leaving your feet. The guy has five inches on him, and yet he was winning by not leaving his feet ever, which was a fascinating situation where he was frustrating his shots because of Jokic's pivots and, 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 and his counters and his pump fakes and things like that. Draymond Green wasn't leaving his feet, and Jokic was stymied completely. And obviously, I'm you know being facetious how much that was happening. There was a lot of plays, obviously, where he was you know, you know, doing incredible job coming up from the weak side and forcing Jokic to f- make a pass because of what he was doing, smothering his looks. But I mean. His ability one-on-one with Jokic was unbelievable. I mean, it was just no matter what you were watching last night with Golden State, there was something that you could take away from every possession, offensively or defensively. It was incredible. And to to take Draymond Green's position in dealing with the officials, uh, he was livid. They did everything they could to protect Jokic. Everything they could. Yeah, I mean. And Draymond was having none of it. uh, it was a few years ago. The Billikens were on the receiving end of Draymond Green and in, in, in the way he plays and the way he plays hard and the way he plays winning ball. But it his he's trying to frustrate you, and he does. And then obviously the other big one last night, you know, the Mavericks tied up with the Jazz. Jalen oh. Brunson, 41 points. No Luka Doncic. He outduels Davion um, um not, not not Davion Mitchell, excuse me, Donovan Mitchell. Davion Mitchell's the 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 guy from Baylor a couple years ago. Um, Donovan Mitchell, he outduels him. An incredible win from the Mavericks that I don't think a lot of people saw coming. So no. they get one, they get one from the Jazz without Luka Doncic. That completely turns that series on its head. I cannot wait to see what happens there. Uh, and and I'm taking back all that crow I, I I ate on Thursday's episode. The Jazz are frauds. I told you. I told you, Rambo. The Jazz are frauds. Well. Pass the plate of crow over to me because uh, I dismissed Minnesota. You tried to warn me. Oh my God! I, I still I'm surprised it actually happened, but I'm, I'm but I mean, man, Anthony Edwards, holy! I, I tell you, said, he's putting his name on the map. I just, I love it. Everything you said was right. Now, I I don't think that's going to happen tonight. But the the you know here's the thing, Stephen Adams was terrific all year long, grinding out minutes. But I think we could have a working theory that in the regular season, the opposition will let you do that. Mm-hmm. And now you bring him out away from the basket. I'm not, he had a really good season, really good season. And I'm not going to say he's useless if you bring him out away from it, but he was spinning around in circles. You bring him out away from the basket, guys dribble around him. He can't offer help. Helps too late to get over to help him. Um, they've gonna they're gonna have to do something, or he's gonna be exploited. Yeah, the defense, the Jaron Jackson Jr. not getting in foul trouble is gonna be the biggest part there. Um, Good point. And the and then the other thing is gonna be, and this is this is from the the, the patriarch of the website himself, Mister Mike Claiborne. Me and him were talking about this series. He pointed out that a big thing for Memphis is going to be on the opposite end to make Carl Anthony Towns work harder on defense is to use Steven Adams more as a facilitator from the high post. He's a great passer. Yeah. You bring that that takes Carl Anthony Towns out of the paint, stops him from from uh changing so many shots there, gets you a little bit more of an offensive back and forth kind of game. Uh so that's but, one way that's one way I think you you can you can force Carl Anthony Towns to to give a little bit more effort, but the biggest thing on defense is 
Steven Adams can't handle him on, on the perimeter. So Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have to stay out of foul trouble, which would be the first time really in his career he's consistently done that against a star player. So if he does it, it'll be huge. But this is when young players have to step up in, in the playoffs. Memphis has got to figure something out in dealing with post-play. And maybe maybe this is a matchup where they've got to play small, play without him for long stretches. Yeah, I, and, I, and again, I'm not a coach. I don't know, but they've got to do something because uh, I felt I felt as as anybody who's watched two man game all year long, we became enamored and quite and frankly in love with the with the Grizzlies. Uh, and he's had a terrific year, and he's been really fun to watch. But this this is a different animal. Yeah, it's it's a motivated Carl Anthony Towns, and now with Anthony Edwards, it's completely different. You know, no 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 shame to the uh, to the Hawks or the or the Pelicans. I just don't really think there there's much of a chance in those series. I think those the Heat, obviously the Suns. I think those they're going to run away with it. Um, but Timberwolves and Grizzlies just just saddle in for that one. It's going to be absolutely fascinating tonight. That's on NBA TV tonight. Um, Atlanta Miami. Miami looks around. really good, don't they? Yeah, I just I again, Trey Young's fun to watch, but I just they just don't have enough. Miami's just going to keep on cooking. I mean, you can you can expose Tyler Hero for a little bit defensively, but it's just a barrage coming from from the Heat again. Them them and the Suns. Uh, yeah. I don't think the Heat are necessarily the team to beat in the East, especially with the way that Milwaukee's uh, been playing in some of these stretches right now early on in the playoffs. But I, I think they're going to run away from these teams respectively. I think so too. I think so too. So tonight it's, it's, uh, it's Memphis in Minnesota. Are we, are we playing the odds and, and calling for the split and a Memphis win? Yeah, they better get a split because a, a young team like that against a hungry one, like the Timberwolves, you can't give them both the games at home like that. Have to go back up to Minnesota where that home crowd is, is just dying dying to see playoff victories that that franchise has been so bereft of pretty much their entire existence so yeah, yeah. that's you can't go up there down 0 to 2 that's 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 blood you know that's blood right there in the water that's blood in the water right there no doubt about it and so what else are we looking forward to I mean, the, the big one is they, uh, two, it was a two-day break yeah. um, for the Brooklyn and Boston series. So their game two isn't until Wednesday when Chicago and Milwaukee also has their game two. And That's then a doubleheader there, brother. And then Philadelphia and Toronto. So Wednesday night's really one of the best nights of, of basketball of the week because you have Brooklyn, Boston, Philadelphia, Toronto, Chicago, Milwaukee. Toronto did not have Scotty Barnes last night. That's why they got rolled. Um, they're down 2-0. They can make it interesting just with the way they can play defense and things like that. But being down 2-0 again at any point is going to be rough. Brooklyn and Boston, that's going to be the game to watch because I think yeah. the, the the Sixers and, and, and Bucks are just going to slowly just kind of hammer those those series kind of out. Brooklyn and Boston is the big one. Uh, Marcus Smart just won Defensive Player of the Year. Can he slow down Kyrie Irving? Can Jason Tatum continue to play good defense on Kevin Durant? Uh, are they going to need another game winner? God, that series is going to be fun. That winner, by the way, I know this is a few days old, but it's the first time we've had to talk about it. What a spectacular finish to a game. I just And obviously, Tatum is our, a favorite son out of St. Louis, but forget the rooting aspect of it. Just the quick ball movement, a couple of instantaneous decisions, and that spin move. I mean, it was, it was a beautiful ending. 
And, and, and he, he locks down Durant on the perimeter, um, the, pos- the possession before that, to, yeah. you know, to give him a chance. He locks down Durant, forces him into a bad shot, comes back the other way, gets the ball late, the possession, constantly moving. Durant was caught in no man's land, flat-footed, ball-watching in the worst way possible. He's, in crunch time, one of the better defenders in the league, but he looked like one of the worst in that possession. And then a great pass, great catch-and-finish, a little spin move there by, by Tatum. The the if they get Robert Williams the third back and, and they're up in that series, it's game over. They're moving on. You know, and not to make excuses for Durant, he doesn't need any one of the, the best players of all time. But with the time left on the clock, you could understand a guy almost relaxing a beat, not expecting that extra pass. Yeah, you're you're 100 right, and and it, and it and it killed him. But it's it was so shocking. But hey. Kudos to kudos to Tatum and kudos to Marcus Smart. That was an incredible pass. That's wow. the kind of pass yeah. that they 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 don't usually make. I I've criticized them for not having a true point guard, but Marcus Smart making those kind of passes over the last forty games is what the is has been one of the differences in their offenses in the, in their offense. Yeah, no question about it. So when we reconvene, there'll be a couple of several series that are we all but over. And then we'll be able to lock in on the ones that are still up for grabs. Yeah, we could be coming back here on Thursday night talking about three series, three series that are one-one between Boston, Brooklyn, Memphis, oh. Minnesota, and Dallas and Utah. It's going to be fun. Going to be a lot of fun. We'll see you then. That's Matt Rockio. I'm Bob Ramsey. It's the two-man game right here on Klabes Online. Thanks for joining us. At St. Louis Acura, we have over 330 pre-owned vehicles of all makes and models. And all of them are covered by our St. Louis Acura Promise and backed by our Better Business Bureau A-plus rating and 30 years in business. We also service all makes and models of vehicles, including glass and bumper repair, paint touch-ups, and full mechanical services from one of our 24 technicians. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you, no matter what vehicle drives you.